Hey, I'm going to read from day 26 from uh, our testimony journal. Um, I love you. Um, testimony journal from 2013, um, which is going to then launch us into what I feel like the Lord wants to say this week and possibly next week. We might wrap it up today or we might finish off next week. We'll just see how we go with that. Um, so that's going to be great. And I'm actually getting Mitch um, to collate um, testimonies from 2013 up until now um, that have been on social media and Destiny Revived and, and a few in my drawers. And so we're just going to start, yeah, it's going to be great. Just start um, looking what God has done um, and then launch from that because he wants to do it again. Amen. So day 26, I've skipped a few. I am up to day 15, as you would be well enough, well aware. So we're pausing a few days because day 16 is uh, seven pages. It was one of those blowout days where it was like a revival hit the Caribbean which is beautiful. Um, so yeah, day 26, fast forwarding. I think we're in Phoenix. For those that don't know, we did a 40-day holiday after studies and encounters at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and we wanted to live out what we learned. We just didn't want to be Christians by name, especially with um, approaching people and seeing them encounter the love of God. Great? Great. Okay, this is more like a blog today. So I'm reading it word for word for those who haven't heard me do this, all right? This is more like a blog today. Woke up. Thank you, Jesus. LOL. Read a little bit of Philippians. Really yummy stuff. Uh, An interesting start to the day as I was tempted with something earlier, which is not uncommon, but not a frequent temptation. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was looking at something I shouldn't have been looking at. I'm not sure. We're on a, I think we're on a, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't remember. Um, That's okay. We've all got stuff that we're working through. So it took me a bit by surprise. I decided to ignore it, powerful, and I began my time with Jesus. That's just a great choice. Thanks for the temptation, but no, I'm looking at Jesus. Amen? I began thinking about something that has been really big for me all year, the connection between me sinning and the Holy Spirit not remaining upon me and His anointing not always staying with me. This is a large topic which I'm not going to go into an exegetical essay on, about. The truth is, I can grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. Truth. The Bible clearly states this. The truth is also that all of my sin, past, present and future, has been dealt with forever through the cross. I never, ever have to deal with it again. My Father now views me through the blood of Jesus. In 1 John it says... As he is, Jesus, so am I in this world. Romans 8.38 says that nothing can separate us from him, not even my sin. But I still have the ability to sin. Regardless of that ability, it's not normal for me to sin now. I'm a brand new creation. I'm totally dead to sin. Gone. Capitals. I don't have a sinful nature. But I can sin when I believe a lie from a completely old nature. Again, brackets, long story of unpacking truth. It's an hour sermon to us to grab that. Probably a four-hour sermon. Probably a six-month teaching series. In saying that, I believe that me sinning does affect the ebb and flow of the Holy Spirit upon me. Not in me, but upon me, which is for others. Jesus said in John, the prince of this world is coming, meaning Satan, but he has nothing in me or on me. Holy Spirit is in me for my sake, but he comes upon me for others. 
Jesus said in Luke, Jesus said in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, and we know the list, to open the blind eyes, set the captives, to set the captives free and to proclaim the Lord's freedom and liberty. And we know the list of that purpose. He was baptized by John, remember, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And it, what did it say in John? And it remained because Satan had nothing on him or in him. Yeah? Uh, I'm going to read word for word, sorry. I'm learning that I really need to watch my actions, what goes in my ears and through my eyes, and also what is being entertained in my mind, because I believe that that has a direct impact on him remaining. Salvation's a done deal, but him remaining ebbs and flows with us and our actions, yeah? Because he's a person and he has feelings and he cares and we can hurt him. But he loves being attracted to us and he loves us and he's in us. But his ebb and flow on us alters. Is that okay? It's not schizophrenic, it's because he's holy. Does that make sense? Great. I'm I'm preaching a bit. Um, On remaining. I can't get too religious and even on rough days his grace is enough and he still does use me and people still do encounter the Father, but this is a, still a huge deal for me, and I want an anointing that sees an entire nation saved. So what does that look like in my life? How transformed does my mind need to be? Jesus lived a sinless life. For me, that is significant to the Holy Spirit flowing through him. And because he perfectly modeled how a Christian can live, I believe with all my heart that I can live a sinless life this side of eternity. That's going to freak you out. But we spoke about that last year. Didn't say it's easy. Didn't say it might not be till the day I die, but it's possible. Doesn't mean I'm going to become a god. Satan's still here, tempting and speaking. But yeah. Acts 10.37, God, you don't sin when you go up the hill song. Have you thought about this? I used to think this when I was young. When I went to Hillsong, it's five days of intense teaching and presence and interacting with Christians, and I never sinned. Well, maybe like a little one, but nothing that I might have done the week before. It's just this weird moment when we're, we're so exposed and so saturated and so in Him and believe everything that He's done for us, we get to this place where sinning is now an option. It's like in 1 John 3, 9, if you sin... John didn't say when you sin, powerful, it's if you sin, you're a new person, it's not normal, but we have the uh, great ability to sin, (laughs) I've got a powerful ability to sin. (laughs) I love this journey and process, so all that processing was in my God time, so I began to remind him about this and that I didn't grieve him, because I chose him instead of that. So I reminded him, we've got to remind God, this is your word, God. If you're not seeing something, this is your word. It's not a rude thing, but we can actually, he can handle you saying, your word says this and I did this, so what's going on? And then listen. And he'll say, hey, keep going. Don't give up. At the proper time, you'll reap a harvest, Galatians 6, 9. So Lee and I, so that was the God time, woke up, out of the room, great. So Lee and I drove two hours north to some sweet canyons, caves and lagoons. And on the way back, we went to Taco Bell and I smashed four hard shell tacos, driving a massive like ram, Dodge Ram that they lent us. As the guy served me, I felt compassion for him. You can't make this stuff up. You can't put it on. When you're with him, compassion comes because he's compassionate. 
and he rubs off on us. Compassion came in the drive-thru. Had no idea why, and I had a word for him. So he gave us our food first, and then, um, in case he didn't give it to me after the word, um, so after that, I encouraged him, and I just said, I saw a bunch of stuff over him, and hope, and stuff, and I don't know his situation, but encouraged him, and told him Jesus sees him, and loves him, and we kept going. Our job is to declare the opposite of what we see, and call out the gold in people, not the trash, because people know the trash. I know the trash in me, you know what I mean, and I need people to call me up and out. Now, as soon, okay, cool, cool, cool. We kept going a um, couple of minutes and then we'll get into it. We kept driving. We needed gas, petrol. So we pulled into a random gas station and I filled up. As I walked in to pay, I noticed a guy paying had a wrist brace on. As he was leaving, the lady said to him, I hope your wrist feels better. And then he says, I hope your knee feels better. And I'm like, what is this? This is just ridiculous. Day 26, we've already seen miracles and amazing things nearly every day, and it's just now getting too easy. Um, now, as because you attract what you value. Oh, let's just end and leave now. Now, as soon as I saw the wrist brace, I was like, bam, how will this play out? I'm thinking, talking to the Holy Spirit, thinking that's not in heaven, not in the, like, the kingdom, not cool, my responsibility and privilege is to bring heaven to earth, thinking all this stuff. But once I heard about the knee, I was stumped. What do I do? It's a hard one. I felt to let him go, and that sucked. As he just, as as he is just as precious to Jesus as the lady with the knee. Anyways, as I was signing, I asked about her knee. She explained, and I offered to pray. Yay! I placed my hand on her knee. <laughs> That's cool. And declared swelling and pain to leave. All while thinking of my request about God in the morning telling him I didn't grieve you, so I want more of your presence on me. I said, confidently, can you see how it is, even if it's 1% better? Is it better, I said, and she tested it out and said, yes. I said, come on, and we declared again. And it was better still. And then I told her she was set up because I picked this gas station at random, and I told her that Jesus sees her and loves her. We kept driving and I had to go to AutoZone to buy some cut and polish because I hit a fire hydrant backing out of the guy's driveway. America has like ankle high fire hydrants. Anyway, <laughs> and I, as I paid, a, late, a guy in his late 20s served me. I noticed he had a wrist brace on. God's just funny. It wasn't the same guy, but it's just hilarious. He's just great. He sees everything. Um, I noticed he had a wrist brace on. I said, are you kidding me? God is hilarious. I asked him what's wrong. He said, carpal tunnel. I said, can I pray? I just saw a lady's knee healed. Testimonies create testimonies in brackets. He said, sure. I confidently declared some stuff. He didn't want to take the brace off, so I hit him. No, I didn't. I said, um, (laughs) so I said, good on you, buddy. Um, All the best. So maybe I'll see him in heaven. And maybe that led to an encounter in him saying yes to Jesus. Maybe I was fifth chain, link in the chain. Maybe his parents were born again and praying for him for 15 years and I just happened to rock up and pray and they were talking about prayer and he hates it because they're intense, like my parents were intense. But at some point, some point something happens because he's after you. Like he's after you. And sometimes when Jesus spoke, he didn't mention him, he said, don't say my name. The default's always to mention Jesus. But sometimes the kingdom's always green light, always green, always green, always green. Every promise, always green. 
Jesus, always green. Mentioning his name, always green until it's a red. It's always green until he pulls the red. And it's for a purpose. Because he knows their history. He knows their Christian intense upbringing. Of their, uh, their parents Bible bashing him every day forever. And now he's a little bit hurt by that. And he's on a journey about, ex- oh, I'm not talking about me. I'm fine. I've, I've dealt with that. You guys are free. Um, hey, I'm in charge of me. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So that's great. So we just don't know where people are at and it's amazing. And then that all got me thinking about my life and the dreams that, the transformation that I've seen in my life. And then when we think that we're transformed and free and amazing, the Lord unpacks a scroll that rolls down our body and out onto the floor and says, okay, let's go for these now. And um, which has been happening over the last couple of weeks, which is really hard and difficult. So if you want to pray for me, that's great because he's squeezing me and it's not fun when you're squeezed by the Lord. And the timing's great. He could have done it in six months because it's not, it's not, well, you can't pastor if you don't deal with this. Not at all, but just the timing's interesting. And I've been sharing with people and it's really just sort of hit me and some Holy Spirit's been talking about a few things. And it's just been an intense week, um, also the last three days where, yeah, I've felt I've got some breakthrough and some answers driving to a birthday party yesterday, but it's just intense. So I've been thinking about a whole range of things about me and my journey and my history with the Lord and things that evolve and grow and how I'm wired and things that I've got a more bent towards because we're all wired different. You might be passionate about church and prophecies like, meh, or you might really care for people and love visiting hospitals, but then you're like, healing, eh, which is funny. Because you can care for people and not care for healing. We've got our bents and our passions and the way that you, the Lord has uniquely wired us, which is beautiful and fine. You might just love telling people about Jesus. And although it's important for us all to do it, it just might be all you breathe. Prophetic, it might be healing, it might be caring for people, it might be coming to church, it might be acts of service, it might be the cafe. We could list a hundred things and, and you're wired to burn and your spirit quicken when you think and do those things. So for me to say to Tash, um, how about preaching? She might go, love preaching, love listening, but I'm not passionate about preaching. I value it and we know we need it, but I burn for that. And we can see the evidence of her burning for that, Amen. Now, I burn for both and can do both pretty well. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but do you understand what I'm saying? We've all got our little things that we love and things that we're drawn more towards. But the danger is that the things that we're drawn towards more is everything. And it's all that we see and the blinkers are on and this is everything. And if you don't do it, you're wrong because my bent and passion and the way the Lord's uniquely wired me is right. And although we don't say, prophecy, eh, love caring for people, although we, we, we don't do that, uh, oh, sorry, although we do that, we've got to learn to actually go, prophecy, eh, but I want to grow in that. This is probably going to be my bent and passion forever, but I really do need to apply that. You might be healing, you're like sharing Jesus. Well, sharing Jesus is a bit of a weird one because kind of all need to do that. But some people are going to explode, burn out of control for that and you might still do it but not have the same burn, crazy, wild, 
outrageous passion for that. It might be worship, but you still share Jesus. And that's fine and great, but we just can't shut things off and say, that's not me. Amen? Because Paul said to Timothy, I want you to do the work of an evangelist. And he wasn't an evangelist. And the Bible actually says to bring full measure your ministry. That's the Greek. To bring to completion your ministry, if you add that. We okay? So we're really good at having selective mindsets. Love that, don't like that. Like that song? Hate that song. Oh, they're one after the other. Hate this song. Woo! Next song. <laughs> so uh, you know, you know. Oh, I can't stand this. Oh, they've repeated it as well. <laughs> we're doing the bridge again? I hate this song. Oh, I think, I think, yep, they're coming down. Yep, Mitch is fading out the keys. She's resurrected the song again! I'm not worshipping. I'm not worshipping. I hate this song. <laughs> then your favourite song comes on. I love you, Lord. Hey, we're, we can be really selective. And the hilarious thing about Jesus is he hasn't given you the option to have a selective mindset when it comes to the things of God. Matthew twenty-two thirty-three 33 to 40. This is going to be our text for today. You're having fun? Feeling great in here? Yeah, it's so good. Matthew twenty-two thirty-three to 40 in the NLT translation, New Living Translation. 33, when the crowds heard him, that's Jesus, they were astounded at his teaching. When the Pharisees heard that, he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply. You'll have to read the earlier text. They met together to question him. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Verse 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is e- and the second is equally as important. That's a big deal, that line there. And the second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire commandments, uh, sorry, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. This is a massive statement. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The NIV says all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That same word hang is used for a person that's hung on a cross. Powerful. Regardless of all our bents and passions and areas that we are specifically drawn to, Jesus makes one of the boldest statements out of all his statements and sums up Christianity into three things. Three things that everything hinges and hangs on and depends on. But we are to love the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our strength, all of our mind. And that we are to love people. And then thirdly, and to love that person that the way that you love yourself, meaning that the degree that you love yourself is to the degree that you are able to love others. So it's not, it's not the two greatest commandments. I believe um, 
that it's actually, there's three in there. I'm not saying Jesus was wrong. I would never say that. But um, we can see clearly that there's three aspects to this. And I really feel that Jesus was actually saying that, that everything hangs on this. We, we see Paul's life model everything about this. And I really feel like Jesus was saying to these guys, if you guys can get this, then things are going to be really good for you. And I really felt like Jesus said, up, in, and out. I felt like he was saying to the disciples that your life is all about the up, the in, and the out. Jesus is explaining that there's a new operating system and he was bringing it into fruition. And there he sums up everything and he's saying, guys, it's about up, in, and out. The love of God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is our up. The love others as we love ourselves is the in. And the loving others is our out. Can someone pretty please get me a small water? Because I'm going to start... Thank you. Up. Our up is our love for God, our worship, our praise, our thanks. It's us placing value and worth on Him. It's giving Him honour. It's our relationship, our connection with Him. It's our intimacy with Him. It's our communication and communion with Him. It's our spiritual side. It's our immaterial side, that part of us that can only connect with God. It's spirit to spirit. It's our fellowship with Him. That's our up. That's your up. Our in is our inner world. Our character. Thanks, Tom. Our character. The hidden part of us. The hidden part. That part of you that no one sees. Our identity. Our transformation. Our renewed mind. Our belief system. Our spiritual growth and maturity. It's where the fruits of the Spirit are developed. It's where we deal with our list of struggles that we all have. It's our processing, our perseverance. It's us being self-aware and managing what is going on on the inside of us. It's being aware of our emotions and knowing what we need from our relationships, knowing how we are truly feeling in our relationship with God and also with people. It is where we filter what comes in and what we allow to be entertained in our heart our mind and our life. That's our in. That's your in. You've got an up and it's all about him and it's unto him. And then we've got an in, which is all about you and processing who he is and what he says about you and what you're called to. And that happens on the in side of you. So we've talked about the up and we've spoken about the in. And he also mentions the out, which is our doing, our going, our action, our risk. It's our applying and our responding. It's what's seen. It's what comes out. It's our relationships and connections with people. It's walking in the fruits of the Spirit. It's us telling people about Jesus. It's moving in the gifts of the Spirit. It's ministering to people. It's ministering in power. It's our stepping out in love and faith. It's our serving. It's our blessing. It's our encouraging. It's our sacrifice. It's our time and effort. It's us living out what we talk about. It's us living intentionally outward. It's us stopping when he says stop. That's our out. That's your out. As you can see, there are multiple layers and levels in the up. There are multiple layers and levels in the in, 
and there are multiple layers and levels in the out. And he's so gracious and kind and gentle that he'll bring different layers out at different seasons for us to look at and work with with him and allow him to touch and move. How are you feeling? Our in, okay, you got to pay attention, boom. Our in will be strongly determined by our up and our out will be a result of our up and in. We cannot sustain our out unless we are first learning how to sustain our in and up. Our up, in and out do play out sequentially, but we cannot restrict them to only play out in this order because the kingdom is not linear. The kingdom is not one plus two equals three, although sometimes it is. So although our out is a result of our up and in, our out can actually cause us to go in and to go up. Our in can also cause us to go up and likewise our up can cause us to go in. Some say it's all about the up and some say it's all about the in and some say it's all about the out and guess what? They're all wrong and Jesus was right when he said it's all about the up, in and out. So my question to you folks today is how's your up? How's your up? How's your in? And how's your out? You might have a bet and passion for up, but Jesus says your in's a big deal because your up won't be sustained unless you work on your in as well because people who struggle don't worship. Hey? People who struggle don't approach people with the kingdom. It's an ebb and flow. And it's really important that we're able to answer these questions, each of them, all the time. Because our entire Christian life life flows out of them. So how's your in? How's your up? How's your out? How's your up? Loving the Lord God with everything you have. Love it this morning. Just rain, glory, fire, Him. He's so good. How's your up? It's going to look different for everybody, but how's your up? Some it's standing on a chair. Some it's sitting quietly. It's going to look different. It's got to look different because you've got to be you. You've got to be you, but humble for him to say, hey, I reckon if you did this, you're going to take another step closer. Again, we go, now this is me. I don't shout and cheer when the worship leader says shout and cheer. So I'm quiet. Be still and know that I'm God. You better read Psalm 100 and about 20 other Psalms that say shout for joy, some of you people. Shout for joy, oh you sanguines. Lie, untruth. John 4.23, Jen, NIV. Jesus talking to the, um, the woman at the well, Jacob's well. Jesus was a well, sitting on a well, just great. T.D. Jakes, thank you. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It's not chaotic, it's not whatever, it's in spirit and in truth. 
for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Verse 24, God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The Father is not looking for worship. He is seeking worshippers. Because worship in general doesn't touch his heart like a person worshipping does. Like everything in the kingdom, we are to grow in our worship, in our up. Has your praise and worship of him grown each year that you've been a Christian? Has your up continued to grow and evolve and morph and change and explode on some level each year you've been a Christian? Colossians 3, 1 to 4, Paul says, it's just consistent. Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, Jude, James, all these guys, just amazing. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Keep looking up where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Set them up. Not on the things that are on earth. We know the tension. We know what he's saying. For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ, in God. Verse 4. When Christ, this line here, guys, who is your life. Can we just pause on that? When Christ, who is your life. It's, it is intense. It's, it's, it's um, captivated my thinking since I became a Christian and wrote this down as a verse to memorize. When Christ, who is your life? How's your up? I get the, oh, we need to work and education is important and family is number one and holidays are awesome and needed and acquiring money and investments is wise and putting nice boundaries in place to secure all of these things and keep them all in neat ordered boxes is great but is Christ your life? Like we need all of these things and we think about lots of different things and in the, in the tension of everything is he all you think about? The natural logic reasonable answer is no and I understand that but in the grand scheme of everything and him being your life, is he all that you think about? Do you go to him first? Does he consume your thoughts? Are you captivated during the day? Are you just, do you just find yourself daydreaming about him? How's your up? How's your up? Paul says in amazing translation, uh, Philippians 1.10, that might not be here, it might be here. Is it there? Cool. This caught me a few years ago. He's talking about a whole range of things and Paul says, I want you to know what really matters. It's just a great line. Guys, I want you to know what really matters. And the list of things that we are meant to do in this life, like there, you know us, like any moment we've got to do something, renovate, house, money, fun, amazingness, love it. But I find myself just pondering and thinking about him more than all those things, way more than those things. And he's becoming, I won't say I can say he's my life. Of course he's my life, but we grow in it because we're getting to know him. We're still getting to know him. 
How's your up? Again, our up is our love for God, our worship, our praise, our thanks. It's us placing value and worth upon Him in increasing measure, giving Him honour. It's our relationship with Him, our connection, our intimacy, our communion, our communication with Him. It's the spiritual side, the immaterial side, the spirit to spirit, the fellowship. How's your up? The fruit of your up is seen in your in and out. How's your in? Not her. How's your in? How is your in? Side note, when Bella gets a cut now on her knee, I say, what's that? And she says, it's an owl. And I say, what do we say? She says, Jesus, amen. So awesome. I try to get fire in the middle, but she hasn't quite got Jesus fire, amen. We're working on it. Train them up. Come on. How is your in? Love your neighbor as yourself. Your love for people is a direct result of how you love yourself. We know this. But we don't like talking about it because it points back to in. Like, I just don't like people. Well, you don't love yourself. <laughs> it's true. You do a bit. But to the measure that you love yourself, you'll love people. It's, per- it's beautiful. He makes it simple. Paul's like, you, hey, all my fruit and works are going to be their evidence of what I believe. In James chapter 1. Same as this. Your love for people is a direct result of how you love yourself. How do you love yourself? He loved, first loved you. 1 John 4, 19. So you go up and then you sort, on, you sort out in and then guess what? Out's going to be a lot easier than you thought because we miss in and we just go up and we go out and there's a disconnect. And we go, I don't love people. But you spend time with God's weird. Yes, it's weird. But we're on a journey. So he's saying, if you can go up and then sort out in, then the flow out of what we've been talking about for three years is going to be a lot easier. And this is why the beautiful ministry of Justin coming in and talking about the in is a breath of fresh air. It's beautiful and it's adding. We're adding, not no, it's this now. It's all about the in and we're getting vulnerable and honest. No, 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 it's valuing the in because the in sustains things. The in is the sustainer. The in will sustain the up and sustain the out. The in's crucial. And because it was two commandments and the title in all our Bibles was the two greatest commandments, we've got two in our head and it's three. It's up, in and out. How are you doing with the in? We might talk about out next week. Or maybe we've talked enough about out. We'll see how we go. We must know what's going on inside of us. Proverbs 4.23. Oh, I know this one. It's knitted on my pillow. That's the problem. You look at it every day and you become familiar. That's intense, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. And then the line, you know my heart. No, <laughs> you can whip someone and they go, you know my heart though. No, no, but that's true. Like when we, Proverbs 4.23 is one of those top 10 scriptures. And when we have a top 10 scripture that the world knows, then it, it, we become familiar. What does familiarity do? It breeds contempt. Oh yeah, it's just that verse. Haven't seen it play out. Watch over your heart. It's the in, it's the in. How's your in? Watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. I love the different translations. Proverbs 4.23. It would be good if they just had one. So we get it right once. Um, 
Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. How's your in? How's your in? Because everything you do flows from your in. New Living Translation, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. If we do not manage our in, it will strongly affect our out and also our up. If we fail to be aware of how our in is going, we will eventually blow up. (laughs) It's why ministers fall. People have breakdowns and burnouts. This is why. I'm not saying the journey's not there, not saying there's not circumstances, not saying there's that cards you've been dealt. I'm not saying I'm not saying all of those things. I'm saying this is why, and there's external circumstances, but the real reason is the in, is the managing those cards. It's the managing the circumstances. It's the managing the stuff that comes at you so hard that you're spinning. It's the managing, it's the in, it's the grief comes, people die, it's the sickness, it's the tragedy, it's the people let you down. What do you do when that happens? Do you go in or do you run away? Do we go number four and we just run off and we don't go up and we don't go in and outs will not happen. So have we learned to go in and we're learning to go in? That's why we have breakdowns and burnouts. Again, there's lots of reasons. And we're, we're, we need to be empathetic and hear and have conversations with people because they're, they're hearts and we love them. But it's a result of not managing our in. And that's not because you didn't manage your in, you're suffering now. It's not that. It's, hey, we're all learning how to manage our in. It's the hardest thing to do because managing our in involves other people as well. Yeah, ministers failing. It's an in issue. People having, because you can be out, you can be charisma, you can be, ah, yeah, miracles. People can do miracles and still have issues. We can do all that. So we've got to be aware of the up and the in and the out all the time. It's why we have breakdowns and burnouts, and I believe it's why we have a rapidly increasing amount of Christians struggling with anxiety and depression. Again, it's not having a go. I've dealt with these things. It's nowhere near having a go but it's highlighting the importance of the in. And the in requires people. So the in's not just you and your thoughts. If it's you and your thoughts, you'll blow up. Of course it's the Lord. Of course it's Him guiding us into all truth. Of course it's Him comforting, John 14, 15, 16. He's the healer, comforter, guide, friend, advocate. He loves you and He's present. He's your ever-present help in time of need. But dealing with the in includes Holy Spirit and counsel. Make sense? Guard your heart above all else. Like, do whatever you can to guard your heart because out of it determines the course of your life. Psalm 139. Mitchie, can you jump up, mate? Psalm 139, 23 to 24. David, he loved the up, he wrote the Psalms. Loved playing the harp. He knew how to up. He learnt how to up. What did God say about David that he didn't say about any other person? He's a man after my own heart. Why? Because he was after his heart. He knew how to do the up. But David also was really good at the in. Like, 
And then we know the outs. We know what he did. He knew the up, the in and the out. Search me, O God, and know my heart. That word know is the word yada. Intimate. Intimate. Know me. Intimately acquainted with. Adam knew Eve. Adam had sex with Eve. That's the word. Adam knew Eve. Know, yada, breath, life, intense. Know me, God. Check me out. If there's any anxious thoughts, Jesus said, don't be anxious about anything. And again, it's not pull your head in and don't be anxious. I'm like, I can't. Well, let's go on a journey and work out this in. And see if there's anything hurtful, any hurtful way in me for me to hurt others and for me to be hurt. And lead me in the way everlasting. David is checking in on his in. Paul was the same. His in was important to him and the Lord. I love this verse. 1 Corinthians 4.4 My conscience is clear, but that does not prove that I'm right. It is the Lord himself who examines me and decides. We'll pump through these, Jen. Proverbs 25 The purpose of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the first part of this. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. We don't like doing this because sometimes it hurts. I was speaking to someone on the weekend sharing that it just, it hurts when you've got to deal with stuff because you know what you've got to do. It's effort and time and vulnerability and being honest and sharing and it doesn't mean you're gushing and bubbling and how you think that is. It's just being honest and going a bit deeper. But it requires that. Your in often requires more than your up and your out. And that's why we leave it on the side of the road and try and do the out. I've just got to tell people about Jesus. I've just got to heal people. I've just got to approach people. I've just got to get this gift of the Spirit working. I don't even know. One I'm in. How does it work? Is it impartation? Is it learning? And we get frustrated. I'm not doing it. And my worship's good on Sundays, but I don't do it during the week. It's, it's the in. It's the in. It's the identifying the in. What's going on in you? I've been looking at Facebook. Entrepreneurs and CEOs are all talking about the in. They're saying, like, just secular, like people, they're saying it's not about the, the money. If you're running a business for money, you've missed the point. It's all about serving people. So what's the motive? Is it money? If it's money, it'll never happen. But if it's serving, which is business, it's serving So check what's happening on the inside of you, they're saying. It's a big deal. 1 Timothy 4.16, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Other translations say on your doctrine, your belief system. Keep a close watch on how you live. Are you just following teachings? Or is it, hey Lord, what do you think about what he said today? Can you show me yourself? Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Let's stand to our feet. Amazing. Psalm 26.2 Examine me, O Lord, and test me. Evaluate my inner thoughts and motives. I'll just close with our in is our inner world and our character. 
It's the hidden part of us, that part that no one sees. It's integrity, it's identity, it's our transformation, our renewed mind, our belief system, our spiritual growth, our maturity. It's where the fruits of the Spirit develop, where we deal with our list of struggles. It's our processing and perseverance. It's us being self-aware and managing what is going on on the inside of us. It's being aware of our emotions. Emotions are good. They just can't be the leader. Knowing what we need from our relationships, knowing how we truly feel in our relationship with God and with people. It is where we filter what comes in and what we allow to be entertained in our heart, our mind and our life. So let's just look to the Lord. Thank you, God. I thank you that it's it's not just one thing, it's not just two things, but it's three things. It's, it's up, it's in, and it's out. And we ask God that you would speak to us today and Holy Spirit, that, you, your, that we'd be humble, humble enough now to move out of analyzing I'm not comfortable with that into I need this on some level. And what does that actually look like for me right now with what's going on inside of me?